Hi, this is Ian Lloyd from Stories. You remember me. Louie, 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 Louie. I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. Check it out. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. It is time once again to take you to the world of entertainment with On Screen and Beyond, episode 189. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from someone from the movie, TV, or music industry. And this week, we have a great guest coming your way. Ian Lloyd of Stories fame. He sang I'm Coming Home and Mammy Blue and, of course, the number one hit, Brother Louie. And it's being used now for the theme song of uh, Louie, the TV show on FX. And uh, Ian's going to be joining us. He's going to be talking about his music, what he's up to now, some exciting projects he's got coming your way in the very near future. So stick around for that when it's coming up in a few minutes right here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, this the... Thanksgiving weekend, uh, you know, and uh, it's gone by now. Everybody's stuffed, and uh, we hope you had a good time, and we appreciate it that you're going to take time to listen to On Screen and Beyond once again. And each week, uh, those of you that come back and listen time and time again, we appreciate you very much. And those of you that are new, thank you very much for joining us. Hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, take a look back at our archives, our past reruns, our past guests, and I'm sure out of the 189 guests that we have had, you are going to find somebody who you would uh, want to find out and enjoy and hear what they have to say. We've got a lot of great guests here at On Screen to Be On, and we're going to have a lot more coming your way. So um, why don't we get ready here and get into uh, our little segment called Remake Madness. It's coming up in just a minute right here on On Screen to Be On. Remake Madness, well, Woody Woodpecker is making his way to the big screen as the popular cartoon character from the 1940s tries to make a comeback. And it looks like Ice Cube is in talks to remake his 1995 film Friday, which spawned two sequels, uh, all with very limited success, but they're going to start over again. And the video game Asteroids is being remade into a movie. And it will be about two brothers who team up to save the Earth from invading aliens. All right. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies? Upcoming movies. Well, M. Night Shyamalan's new film, 1000 AE, will star Will and Jaden Smith as father and son astronauts who crash on Earth 1,000 years after mankind has left the planet and uh, in the crash, the father gets hurt. The son goes out to find uh, some help, and we'll see what comes of that one. Sounds pretty interesting. And Russell Brand is set to star in the comedy The President Stole My Girlfriend. And look for Taylor Lautner and Gus Van Zant uh, to work on a project. Uh, they aren't not saying you know what the name of it is, but uh, it has been optioned. So we're going to keep our eye on that one. That is it for upcoming movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels, right here on On Screen and Beyond. <laughs> sequel City, well, The Clash of the Titans 3 is in the treatment stage over at Warner Brothers. Look for Jurassic Park. It's in development right now. And they're in hopes of bringing back the original stars, Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill. So we'll see what happens with that. And iRobot 2 is in development over at 20th Century Fox. And that's it for Sequel City coming up next on On Screen to Beyond. What's going to be coming away as far as TV on DVD? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Okay, TV on DVD. Looks like uh, Robin of Sherwood, set two with Jason Connery, comes to Blu-ray and DVD on February 14th. Jason has been a past guest on On Screen and Beyond, and he talks about playing Robin, uh, Robin Hood, on that show. And uh, you can check that out on our reruns page. Look for episode 83 of On Screen and Beyond. And on February 7th, uh, check out the first season of The Father Dowling Mysteries with Tom Bosley. And Ancient Aliens Season 3 lands on DVD on January 24th. That is it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's going to be coming away as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD, well, Disney's Lady and the Tramp will be re-released on uh, Blu-ray on February 7th. And I don't know how she does it with Sarah Jessica Parker will arrive on Blu-ray and DVD on January 3rd. And in February, it looks like they're going to be bringing us Johnny English Reborn with Rowan Atkinson. So that is it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Square to Beyond, I had a chance to talk with Ian Lloyd. Of stories. Now, he, they had a lot of great songs, a lot of hits back in the 70s, and uh, Ian, of course, has continued his music. He's still making music, a lot of great music, so uh, he's got some good albums out there and everything. So if you get a chance, check him out. But Ian's going to be talking about all his songs, all his music, his number one hit, Brother Louie, and so much more, and it's all coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is a singer-songwriter who sang the number one hit Brother Louie with the group Stories, as well as I'm Coming Home and Mammy Blue. He currently has a Christmas single out called Everybody's Happy Because It's Christmas Time. He has also appeared on albums with Foreigner, Peter Frampton, Billy Joel, Survivor, and many, many more, including, yes, it's Ian Lloyd. Ian, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hello, hello, how are you? Ian, looking back at those songs, I mean, I mean just so many great songs that you had and there there's so many that uh, you. that I haven't even gotten into that they weren't necessarily top 40 hits but they were really good cuts um so you got, you've had a great list of songs uh yeah we, well you know our stories albums were there were three and mm-hmm. so we had the first one um, self-titled which was um I'm coming uh, I'm coming home was the first single and charted single first chart charted single for uh, stories and um but there were other songs on there like winter scenes yes and uh that that michael brown and i wrote uh, and for those of you who don't know michael brown is he's uh the left bank the mm-hmm. keyboardist from the left bank and he wrote walk away renee and pretty ballerina he's Good a song. brilliant brilliant songwriter and and he and i uh hit it out hit it up right away uh and became kind of prolific you know we wrote a lot of songs together in, in a short amount of time and oh, yeah. uh between the first album and the second album about us um there's a lot of great tracks love is in motion and darlin a lot of people uh like darlin i'd actually play that in my set that i'm currently uh doing around the country mm-hmm. you know yeah. yeah and all that but a lot of great music and uh no. you know, I'm, I'm also very proud of a lot of my solo stuff that I've done, uh, you know, just great songs, and that's what it's all about, really. You know, trying to please yourself, and if, if you're writing, if you're writing them, they're kind of like your children. Oh yeah. You know, in a sense. You know. yeah. yeah. Well, let's before we get into the specifics, let's start out. Where did you first start out deciding that you wanted to be a rock and roll singer? How, how did that come about? When you were a kid, did is that what you wanted to be, or how how did it arrive to that? Well, um, when when I was a kid, rock and roll was just beginning, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, when I, I was like maybe five years old, and I'm hearing, uh, you know, rock around the clock and and all that, all those great classic mm-hmm. uh, songs, and Elvis Presley, you know, and just seeing all that stuff come alive. So so you know, really, um, and and being a, a lover of music and coming from a a musical family. Both my parents were cl- were classically trained and, and professional uh, musicians um, and entertainers. You know, it was just kind of like going to happen. And 
I just, you know, spend a lot of time listening to the music that I love. You know, I hate to say it, but people like Paul Anka and yeah. Bobby Rydell and Gene Pitney and yeah. Dion and the Belmonts and, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, back then. great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now did, did you start out uh, playing like, guitar or, or, you know, what did you start playing on? Yeah, um, well, like a lot of kids, you know, I immediately, the first instrument that I was taking lessons with was a piano. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, it's like the ultimate instrument. It's got all, everything happening. Uh, and, um, you know, I spent a lot of time doing that, and I, I did it well, uh, begrudgingly well, I guess. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're not going out to play ball until right. you practice. <laughs> I don't want to practice. Here lessons. we go. Oh, boy. Uh, then, uh, then um, I, I don't know how it happened, but I mean, my father was a violinist, and and my mother is actually a very good violinist, but she's a lyric sopranist, so she was known for her singing uh, voice. But um, I ended up then taking the violin, uh, which I really hated <laughs> to play and practice. I mean, I hated it. It's like. You know, that could be the end of all music yeah. <laughs> for Ian, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it, it obviously it didn't, it didn't do that, but now, I just yeah, really... But as time went on, did you ever decide that you wanted to try to put violins or, or anything into a song? Well, well that's a crazy question. Um, I mean, you know, I wasn't writing at that time as mm-hmm. a kid. You know, I mean, I, I think I really started writing maybe in college when I was you know, 18, 19 yeah. years old. So, so prior to that, I was just you know listening to music and and all all those songs that that I listened to, uh, uh, like Little Peggy March, I will follow him, yeah. and and all those crazy songs. They a lot of those songs or the Lion Sleeps Tonight. They had, they had string sections in them and and horn sections and stuff. And actually, my dad uh, played a lot of those sessions. I was at a couple of those sessions. Really? Uh, wow. Just as a kid, because my dad, you know, would go from session to session as a, as one of the violinists to play uh, on stuff. Uh, so, so you know, it was kind of like that was great. But if you look at the uh, first uh, Stories album, and actually there's a second album too, but in the first album, if you t- flip it over in the back, back you know, there's a picture of Michael Brown and I with two older gentlemen and they are our dads ah, and they're okay. both holding violins because they both just played the brother louie and manny blue string parts for the record <laughs> as well as you told me which is one of my favorite personally get back to personal songs from stories that's uh uh absolutely we, i play that live it's just a it's like a two and a half minute prog popness of prog popness it's just just so i, I just love it i just such a great song one of my lovely children yeah yeah but, so, uh, so you know the, the instrument the violin and all that stuff i mean it was you know it was in my whole life you know uh i think it's kind of funny though uh that if you listen to once again from the first album winter scenes i talk about mellotron songs and we were one of the first american rock bands to record and tour as hellish as it was to pull that, drag that thing around, uh, on you know, with a Mellotron. I think mm-hmm. the other one was um, Steve Miller oh, okay. at that time. Um, so this is like early 70s. And yeah. uh, I remember, uh, you know, because I'm a big prog rock fan, uh, I remember the first King Crimson album when it was released, uh, you know, the one with the big red face. And when you open it up, it's, it folds out to like the long ear, you know, like the head's going to yeah. look The days when we had had albums that we uh, could open up. <laughs> oh, boy, I tell you, I mean, I, I love CDs, but the art oh, yeah. in that, although there's some creative stuff going, that's just, you know, just bigger. Right. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just easier to see. But, uh, you know, those, I took that album and brought it to Michael Brand and said, Michael, your dad's not going to like it, my, dad, my dad's not going to like it, but it's not going to replace violins. Let, we got to use this instrument. We got to get one and use it. And we, you know, if you you'll obviously we got it and we used it because you'll listen to it. It's on Darling and 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 Winter Scenes and Hey France and all these great tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, I bring it up because you know here my dad and Michael's dad you know make a living made a living and uh, did well. They were you know competitive, but also had their own groups that would get hired to do all these sessions all the time. Um, the union 
the local union in New York City was all upset about us using the Mellotron because they said we were putting uh, string players out of business. Oh, <laughs> like, huh. You know, if you listen to a string section and then you listen to a Mellotron, it's like two different things, you yeah. know? It's like one's wobbly and electric and chilling, and the other one's the classic mm-hmm. full, you know, it's, it's two different, uh, it's like apples and oranges, yeah. really. I mean, it, it, in the end, I mean, it, it, nothing ever came of it, but uh, we actually uh, played, uh, we, we uh, were on, um, I believe it was the Dick Cavett Show, which was a national late night, you know, like Johnny oh, yes. Carson yep. and stuff, uh, at that same era. And um, we were on there with our Mellotron. One of the reasons was that we were, they were showcasing an band, American band with Mellotron. <laughs> so it was like very, you know, it was very cool. And um, I, I mentioned the uh, first King Crimson album, and um, that's, that's a, a classic record uh, in the court of the Crimson King and 21st Century Schizoid Man are tremendous tracks, and they were both co-written by my friend Ian McDonald, and he was the flautist and sax player, if you remember some of the crazy horn things Mm -hmm. on the King Crimson album, and I uh, brought him and introduced him to my other good friend, Mick Jones, and they formed Foreigner, and that's the birth of Foreigner. I totally jumped, like, decades, (laughs) and crossed over a myriad of tasks of topics, but I wanted to, like circle out around so that's kind of a crazy mellotrons to king crimson to foreigners yeah. <laughs> unions and dads and that pops and all yeah. that so, so you and michael when you how did you first meet was he currently at that time in the uh in his other group or did he left bank no he was done that was over and and um he uh he uh i'll keep it really brief but he was um writing stuff for a new project, he was signed to Kama Sutra Records, and they were going to put out a rock and roll piano instrumental album. And um, you know, I've mentioned both his dad and my dad repeatedly, but right. that's how we met. Uh, yeah. I was at a session with my dad, and Michael's dad was there. And and you know, I just I just graduated from college, and um, and uh, his dad said, "Hey, man, you know, Michael's got this record deal, and you know, you guys should get together, see what happens." You know, so he gave me the number, and I went. And Michael and I, walk, I remember walking into the, uh, right off the pool, there was a studio uh, and a piano, and Michael was sitting there playing some stuff. And I, I you know, I, we had met before, so he knew who I was, and we were coming, you know, I was coming mm-hmm. over. Uh, and I just started singing, and I think the first song that became a song with lyrics and melody was Winter Scenes, actually. Huh. Uh, and and, and uh, St. James was another one that I remember doing that day. So, so you know, it was like an instantaneous thing that just happened. Happened all of a sudden. It was an instrumental thing, and then I started singing, you know, and, and coming out with these ideas right on the spot. And it was like this is no longer an instrumental album. And then we went to the record company, and and they like said, yes, we want this to be a, a rock band. You know, so it was like bingo, we got it. So it was, you know, very lucky, very fast. But you know, it was just a kid, just yeah. you know. Now, were you still going by the name of Lloyd London at that time? Well, I went by many names. That, that was Lloyd London was really just a name for a singles project, which was like my first recording. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. As uh, that that was actually recorded in a studio and put and pressed on a forty-five and and distributed. I have, I, I remember. I think it was, um, I don't know if it was Billboard, but uh, back then there was Billboard Cashbox and what was it, Record Review or. I can't remember the third one, but I remember one of them. Uh, they were their song was reviewed. You know, Lloyd London, let's build a world of our own. Blah. blah. It was on uh, United Artists, uh-huh. and I got the deal through my dad because he was, you know, as I said, in the business, and he was, you know, knows a lot of people, and he went up to this uh, United Artist and said, "Hey, listen, my son, blah blah blah," and I, and I got signed by the fellow who signed Bobby Goldsboro and Jay and the Americans and can't mm. uh, a few other. Uh, Really popular artist at the time, uh, Jack Gold was his name. Yeah, nice, very nice. So growing up, when you, when you were going to these um, studio sessions for for a lot of songs, uh, did you get a chance to meet the artists at that time? You know, not. Uh, I don't really remember meeting any of the artists. I'm sure I did. I think uh, the the Belmonts. I definitely met the Belmonts. Now, I don't know if they were still Dion the Belmonts or just the Belmonts, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I was. I would come in. <laughs> Because my dad was doing the session, usually 
you know, when they're doing the strings yep. section, that's kind of like, uh, you know, the artists weren't around. Right, yeah. Cause, you know, back, back in those days, the artists had producers, and the artists were pretty much, you know, with exception, uh, you know, they everything was set up and done for them, and then they'd come in and sing, and then they'd leave, and then everything else would be done and finished right. yeah, without happen. them there, as opposed to, you know how it was in the 60s where all the artists took over right, <laughs> but yeah. all the engineers to hell and then they made great albums like Led Zeppelin you know, wow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. what style of music were you shooting for when you first started stories uh, well I, I think it was it's, it's pretty evident that both Michael and I were and are and will always be really great Beatles fans so I mean there was that basic the sense of melody and uh, writing short songs, you know, pop songs, Yeah. but, uh, you know, with the harmonies and the vocal oh, type yeah, the of things, you know, so, so it was that. And, and then obviously I brought my, my uh, love for progressive rock, uh, i.e. at that time, Moody Blues, King Crimson, yes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Emerson, like Palmer, probably a little bit later, uh, but, um, to Michael and, and Michael's writing style was very, as they, you know, they, constantly refer to the left bank uh, baroque you know and mm-hmm. remember both uh, my my dad my parents and michael's dad were, were professionally class trained classical musicians so we all grew up both i'm sure i don't know about i'm sure michael did too i never really talked about it but i mean you know i all i heard was classical music right until yeah. rock and roll and you know and danny and the juniors and i remember telling my dad rock and roll will never die <laughs> well guess what they're they're trying to kill it. <laughs> buy buy my music. I rock. Social hero gonna save rock rock and roll, man. My other my other band, Social Hero. Mm-hmm. Got, no one knows. It's a big secret. We're yeah. gonna unleash it. We're recording our second album uh, as we speak. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, it's 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 good stuff. The, the fans should go to uh, machinedreamrecords.com dot com, and that'll take you to my Christmas song and. My uh, my album Ode to Poe and biographies and discographies and social hero and all this good stuff because you know keep keeping busy keeping mm-hmm. busy oh yeah as far as um, the music that you were making of course uh, your second album had Brother Louie on it mm-hmm. now of course that's it's that's a humongous hit I mean it's it's now being used for the TV show Louie. Yes. And um <laughs> on FX. On FX, yeah. Uh so it's been brought back and actually uh I'm coming home was used as a sort of a theme song when um Iranian, the, the Iranian hostages, hostages American yes. and Iranian hostages. So so your songs keep popping back into you know from the past yeah. here. It's good. It's a good thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's nice yeah. To, to have people know about them, you know. Uh, Brother Louie also was in like a bunch of movies oh, yeah, uh, in yeah. the last 10 years of uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints was like a very classy movie, but it was also in in a prominent scene in the movie Guess Who with Aston Kusher and um, uh, Bernie Mac, mm-hmm. yep. which was like, I mean, when I saw that scene, it was like, hey, man, it's like I'm in the movie. <laughs> you know, it's like because they hear, I don't know if you know the scene. They're in the car, and, and um, Bernie Mac's driving, and he's found out that uh, Ashton, Ashton Kusher's sitting in the passenger seat, and they found out that he's dating, uh, Ashton Kusher's dating uh, his daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, and Ashton Kusher, for those of you who don't know, is white, and Bernie Mac was black. So anyway, um, <clears throat> and uh, it's very awkward, you know, and so to, to kind of like cut the silence and, and make it a little more palatable, Bernie Mac turns the radio on, and the first thing you hear is... And then she was black, and he turns it real quick, <laughs> and he and to, to the next station. The next station is playing. Uh, all the all the colored girls go, you know, like Lou Reed's walk walk on the yeah. wild side. It's like <laughs> hilarious scene. I, I think you know. And it was like, yeah. hey man, I'm like part of that movie. It's like crazy. Now, do you? But it was in other movies. It was in Nip Tuck as a just background music. Yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Do you usually know when they're going to use it, or does do do they not have to tell you? Uh, they don't tell me <laughs> wherever they are. That you know, I yeah, find out are, because yes. other friends and 
you know, we'll go, hey, man, I, I remember actually uh, the guide to recognizing your saints, my, my buddy Moogie Klingman. I don't know if you know who he is. He co-wrote, you got to have friends. Oh, yeah, okay. Do, yeah. Do, 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 and was in Utopia with Todd Rudgren and, yeah. you know, did a lot of great stuff. Um, he called me up and said, Ian, Ian, I was just in a movie in Lincoln Center. Robert Downey Jr., you're in the, uh, you're in the bedroom scene. Like a, whoa! <laughs> you know, wow! That, you know, who, who knew? Yeah. I didn't know. Nobody told me. Now, now oh, no, the answer is no. Yeah, but you don't know about it. But do, do you get royalties from that type of thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, remember, I did not write Brother Louie. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, yeah, and and uh, I mean, if you listen to about us and you listen to Brother Louie, it's a whole another type of music going on. And then there's Brother Louie. So it's yeah, not so, necessarily uh, the performer who gets royalties; it's the writer. I get performance royalties when they're in a movie or in stuff, or you know, when it's played on the radio. But uh, the writers are the ones that reap the, uh, uh, okay. as they should. You know, yeah, yeah. they should. Okay. Yeah. Although you know, there's a big thing going on in Congress. It's been going on for like years now, trying to trying to get artists and writers to both receive similar um, uh, monies. From royalties. Well, I mean, yes, it is the, the the writer's song, but the performer. I mean, they're using your performance. So you know, without the performer, maybe it doesn't go to number one. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. that kind of that kind of thing. It's, but that's it's, another it's whole, interesting. Yeah, that's a whole other thing, though. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's a crazy world but, now. <laughs> now, Brother Louie was a different style of music compared to, say, I'm Coming Home. What made you decide to do Brother Louie? Was it the record company that said, hey, we want you to play this? Or Yeah, the record company, basically. Uh, I mean, it, it was, it was a, a series of things. Uh, we had finished um, About Us, and Michael had left the band for personal reasons. But, we, you know, we'd written the whole thing together, and, and it, they'd done most of the basic tracks and, and keyboard overdubs before he left. Um, and so he had literally quit the band. And uh, I was like then faced with being the only guy there that had to deal with the record company, and um, you know, I mean, you know, I was a kid, you know, the heck, I don't know anything. You know. But um, you know, we put out a couple of singles, and uh, they did okay, but they weren't the hit, big hits that the record company wanted. And the record company said, "Look, we want we want this album to have you got to put some, you got to do another song and put it on the album." And so they literally sat me down in a room with the A&R department guy, Bob Reno, and we listened to cassettes and demo singles and, you know, like, until Brother Louie was played. And I said, hold it, this sounds like a number one record. Really? Yeah. This one right here. You could tell. That we was... got through the just the first chorus, and I stopped them, and I said, man, this, this is a number one song. Let's do this. And we did it. We recorded it instrumentally in one take wow. in the studio stories and uh they, oh. <laughs> like whoa <laughs> very bizarre yeah huh. and your vocals that's really what makes that song i mean just the way that you sing it it's just it's like you feel it <laughs> you know yeah it's you know it was crazy because i mean obviously you know if you listen to the stuff before brother louis like the first two albums without brother louis i mean you'd have to say i'm very beatle influenced very paul mccartney mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah you know, love is in motion stuff like that you know and, and especially the harmony sense but obviously i was a big fan of rod stewart and robert plant and steve mariette and terry reed and these are all people that affected my singing along with gene pitney and bobby rydell and all those guys you know of course mm -hmm. um but um the, the style you know i it was it was crazy because the the song was was written by Hot Chocolate and Hot Chocolate was this English black English band that uh very funky. Yep. They subsequently had a their breakout hit in America with I Believe in Miracles. Yes. Yeah. I was just gonna say that. Big, 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 big hit. But they wanted Brother Louie they to be their big breakout record. And I it was presented to me. I didn't know it was them, I didn't know who they were, I didn't know anything. I thought it was just a demo. So we did it, and the record company knew what was going on. Obviously, right? Yeah, I didn't was in a not need to know situation. Right. Um, so what we did was we literally just played it in the same key. We played it differently, of course, uh, and I sang it an octave higher than the singer on Hot Chocolate, mm -hmm. and that put me in the range 
where I sound like Rod Stewart. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, so immediately it was like, here's Rod Stewart. And I would get I would get fan mail. I remember this one letter from this girl. I'm Rod Stewart's biggest fan, and I know that's Rod Stewart singing that song. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what am I supposed to say? Right. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a letter. You know, I, know, I, didn't, I didn't respond. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, you've mentioned Rod Stewart and, and the Beatles. Uh, now, Throughout your career, have you eventually gotten to meet them at all? Or, no, not really. No, um, not Rod. No, um, Beatles. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, and you mentioned this in the beginning. I did get to meet, and this is another very big influence, especially now later in my career. Uh, John Anderson from Yes, ah. because I was uh, hired to do John with John. For Yes Union. Oh, really? And, yeah. uh, and if you listen to this, the song uh, on that album called Dangerous, to the hook, Dangerous, so dangerous, that's me singing the hook. It's ah, not John. Okay. I'm singing the title of the song. Every time you hear the title of the song, that's Ian singing. Of course, it doesn't say that, but I, you know, I have the right. credit that I'm singing back and vocals. But, um, so uh, that was tremendous, 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 because I uh, love Yes, probably. Genesis and Yes were probably my... Uh, and I, I can't King Grim, I love them. I love them all. Yeah. They're they're all just a lot of good music but, there. <laughs> yeah, and to you know to be hanging with John Anderson and and doing John because I mean because if you listen, I mean John and Rod are in similar stratospheric mm-hmm. heights there, but it, their style is totally different because one is more bluesy and slides into notes and is rasp, and then John Anderson is more like a. Uh, flute, percussive, you know, dead on, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So it was a real thrill to be able to do it and then to be, you know, to hang out and get high with him and just kind of, God, this guy is, and he was just exactly like I perceived him as a fan. Really? Seeing him at the garden a couple yeah. of times over, the, you know, in the 70s. It was just, just wow. Yeah. But but other than that, I mean, obviously I've played with a lot of people and, and met a lot of people, but... Uh, those guys, no, the Beatles, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. My dad was a string player on um, the Walls and Bridges album, which had Imagine, so he's one You're of the right. string players on that. And yeah. he, I was not, unfortunately, was not at that session. I'm not sure where the hell I was. <laughs> I, for, to this day, will regret it. Yeah, you, um, you begged him, Dad, take me, please. <laughs> no, I didn't know about that. But but he did get John Lennon to autograph a blank piece of paper ah. to me. And, you know, John Lennon, then at the bottom, he drew a little face. You know, mm-hmm, one know, of his typical... People know he would do that, yeah. noodle a little bit on the... Uh, which is what was very nice. I, so I, I did get that. So I kind of met him. Yep, yeah. Yeah, but uh, what are my choices now? Paul and uh, Ringo? Yeah, they're, they're the ones that are left. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> I mean, with, with, this, with this Christmas song that I've got, um, I, I've been getting... Uh, Interesting comments like uh, it sounds like the Beatles, mm-hmm. or there's a little Peter Gabriel in there, yeah. Or man, it sounds like yes, yes, there is. And yep. I'm like, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm like a pig in shit now because <laughs> <laughs> I just mentioned three of my favorite artists, and they all are kind of in there in my delivery and uh, approach to the song, which is yeah. an interesting song. I think people should, you know, definitely give it a listen um, well let's let, let's talk about that one a little bit here now, now what made you decide to come out with a christmas song mm. well i tell you it, it's um it, i've i've wanted to do one for a long time i mean uh, you know i'm uh, probably one of my favorite christmas song christmas albums to play and i play it every year other than the classic you know uh, billboard top 40 uh uh rock and roll mm-hmm. christmas uh, it was um, Phil Spector's Christmas album. Okay, yeah. And, uh, you know, Ronnie and the Ronettes, yes, Bobby Sox yeah. and the Blue Jeans, and 
Darlene Love, and it's just, oh my God. <laughs> and my, my, you know, my wife hates it. <laughs> so I, I play it one time every Christmas, usually when she's not around. <laughs> but, but, um, so that was, you know, that's just something that I've, and it's all, I've always loved it. And then, and I, now it's coming back to me now. Then in like the late 90s, maybe, I'm not, I know it's the 90s, there was a band that came out, and I can't remember the name right now. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the, the 90s rock music. I, I really loved uh, all, the, all those, those, those bands. Uh, they, uh, there was a band that they, they did a song, uh, and I, I can't remember the name of the band. I can't remember the, the name of the song, but it goes like this. Last night, I gave you my heart. Oh, yeah, okay. The very next day, you threw it away. la da 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 there for Christmas. Doing George Burns now. <laughs> But uh, uh, I don't. You, I'm sure you know who that song is. I can't well, it's remember. Been, it's that, been but, redone by a lot of people. I, yeah. Well, this was done by like one of the '90s mm-hmm. pop rock bands. But it's just great. Just, just, and, and I think that song just got to me, and it just stayed in my head. And I play that now every year because I've I've got like my own little mix CD mix of crazy Christmas songs like Jethro Tull, Mistletoe, and you know all the. The artists like you know Father Christmas by uh, Greg Lake, mm-hmm, which yeah. I actually performed at BB King's uh, at a Christmas performance about five years ago. Yeah. Like I got to do something for Christmas, you know. But so anyway, that was just like kind of festering in my building up in my brain. So I wanted to do something. Then I, in the last two years, recent uh, became acquainted with and became really good friends with who's now my buddy John Ford of the Strobs. Mm-hmm. And um, he's got a great Christmas album that nobody knows about. He, he doesn't promote it himself, you know, know. and he sh- okay. should. But you know, our artists are, you know, if you're, especially if you're re- really an artist, it's kind of like you're shy. Yeah. You know, oh, I don't want to call them. I don't want to say. You know, but it's a great album, and and that like put me over the top because I listened to that, and there's just a bunch of great songs, Christmas songs in John's style you know yeah. of straws and stuff and it just was like yeah this is great I, I love this and i will always play this now every christmas i bring it out and play it and and that started the seeds the final you know this i've got to do something and the song just you know like i do a lot of writing in my head so this was happening inside my head for about six months and i finally said you know this is it i think i've got it and I started messing around on guitar and just, you know, like trying to structureize it and get the feel of the the, the way I wanted to play it and all that. And um, and it came out there. And uh, it's 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 kind of different, you know. Uh, my son, uh, social hero lead singer David Lloyd, he um, produced it oh, okay. uh, for me. And uh, we actually, it's, it's all Pro Tools. We did it in our little, I'm sitting right at the uh, station now. It's dark. We have mm-hmm. it turned off right now. It's very, very dark here. And, um, uh, he, you know, I played him the song Idea, and he said, Dad, you can't, you can't write a Christmas song in minor key. And I said, okay, leave me alone. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> That's it. How, how is it working? <laughs> I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> yeah, how is it working with your son? <laughs> oh, man. Well, he's my keyboardist and backing vocals in Ian Lloyd's stories. Mm-hmm. And I'm his other vocalist, live and in the studio, in Social Hero. Uh, so we play a lot. And then the two bands play together. And then we get John Ford to open for us. And we got Ford, Lloyd, Social Hero. It's, it's just uh, you know, like three hours of... Wow, what a show. It's like a mini festival in three hours. It's yeah. great. So it's great working with them. It, you know, it's tough. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of arguing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, you know it's, it's really true. The more you love someone, the more you hate them, and it's crazy. And then, then we're both creative. So, right. Well, yeah. I mean, he's written some great songs. I mean, the song Gone, Keep Telling Yourself on the first Social Hero album, also available through MachineDreamRecords.com. Um, just great, great rock songs. And um, uh, th- this next album that we're doing now, we we're very, very lucky to get a fellow by the name of Jason Corsaro to engineer and co-produce along with David. And he um, his discography puts mine to shame, and mine is impressive. I mean, he's like, God, I've got like one page of all this stuff. He's got four pages. I mean, he's worked 
as an engineer with Duran Duran, Stevie Winwood back in the high life, girls just want to have fun. Uh, he was the engineer on Black Hole Sun uh, uh, Soundgarden mm-hmm. yeah. uh, album, uh, and we've got those drums on Social Hero. Uh-huh. I mean, the drums are like to kill. And I just finished, uh, I just did like six songs in the last two weekends, uh, backing harmonies. I heard stuff like, man, Ian, you're doing Slade. And I got Slade. You guys know who Slade is? <laughs> Holy God. <laughs> wow. I'm impressed. You know, I mean, I'm a foreigner. It sounds like foreigner. Yes. A little Jethro Tull, Soundgarden. Uh, we've been compared to Pearl Jam and, yeah. and uh, you know, Foo Fighters. I mean, it's like, it's, it's just it's great music. Yeah. So, so working with him is a, a, a labor of love. I mean, I just love performing the songs because the songs are so heavy. Mm. Rock so, so bad. You know? Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, the the Christmas song I really enjoy it because there's there's three types of Christmas songs that, that I consider. There's ones that you hear it immediately and it's like, wow, this is you know really you know it's your typical Christmas song with the the jingle bells in the background and that. Yeah. And then there's the ones that are, uh, oh, you know, I hate this song. This is you know, and you never play it again. And then there's the one that you hear it and it's it's like, I can listen to that again. And then you listen to it again. It's a, well, I hear more in there, you know. And then you keep listening. And that's what this song is. It's one of those wow. songs that, the more you listen to it, the better it gets every single time. Thank you. <laughs> and it's it's just uh, you know, like you say, I can pick out uh, the Beatleish sound, the Yes sound, the the you know the, all the different sounds that you were talking about. And it's uh, it's it's a very interesting song, and it's, I like it a lot. Thank you. I, I appreciate that greatly. I, I, and we mixed and we missed it all, mushed it all together. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, and it, it has. It, it, it's almost like a, it's it's almost a little bit of a psychedelic Christmas. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I think you, you're getting the idea. You're getting warmer. Yes, <laughs> by the fire, by the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but what we're going to do is we're going to put a link on our site so people can go right out and buy it. Oh yeah, that way. It's a, you know, it's a download. It's an MP3. Yeah. So Cheap and everyone should have it. Oh, yeah. Everyone's household should have it for Christmas. It would be that would be my dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's you know, like I say, it's a it's a it's a good Christmas song. It's uh, it's not the 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 ones you hear every year, you know, which get you get tired of, and it's, uh, it's something they should definitely go out and get. Well, it's in minor key. Ah, okay. <laughs> so See, I don't you know. I, you, you can tell me minor key, major key, whatever. I, I wouldn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but but they do it, uh, even though you don't know what they are. They they uh, make you feel different. Yes, yes, ways. that part I do know. Minor, you know. Yeah, that. <laughs> I'm coming home was major. <laughs> okay. Major <laughs> now, yeah. you've worked with an amazing amount of, of other bands. Like uh, your voice can be heard on Cold as Ice, Feels Like a First Time, Jukebox Hero, Double Vision, Waiting for a Girl Like You, All by Foreigner. Now you mentioned the, the your Foreigner connection at the beginning of the interview. So is that how you got into work with them? Uh, yeah, I mean they, uh, you know they were they were I actually they were in, in, separately my friends they didn't know each other and then st- when I left Stories when Stories came to a conclusion and I did my first solo album I wanted to get my friends to play with me and you know being a, a big Anglophile and both of them being British it was like wow this is a great opportunity so so I got both Ian and and uh, Mick to come in and, and play on that first solo album. Ian Lloyd's first solo album, and um, they, you know, it, it clicked for them also, and so they went on to form the band. And when they got all the pieces together and started recording, they, you know, wanted me to come in and and work with them and be a part of it. And so I did what I ended up doing well, and now love doing are those those type of harmonies. Yeah, I you know, love multi-tracking the high harmonies yep. and different, you know, airy but raspy and full voice, you know, just combining, so it's like painting, you know, different tones and sounds and putting them all in one. I mean, I hate to belabor it, but you're going to hear it with Social Hero if you go and listen to any of their songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you're going to hear that, what you hear in Foreigner, and yes, is in that, also is in their tracks. So. Yeah. Well, it's, it's right. interesting when you take, like you say, you were saying like a painter and, and all that, and, and you're putting a layer on top of a layer on top of a layer, but it comes out something that that you enjoy as you know sometimes yeah. just you know some people just throw things together and it's like a big mush. Yeah, which, uh, <laughs> most people would be a big mess or it would just be not listenable right but the <laughs> way you've done it, it it all blends in and and 
it creates a feeling. I know uh, uh, when I multi-track my voice, I mean, I get like a glisten to it, like a shiny mm-hmm. kind of yeah. almost electric glisten. I mean, you know, people like Queen, Freddie Mercury, yeah. those guys, they also did the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they had that, uh, obviously, the Beatles, you know. I mean, they, they just had that... Uh, multi-track vocal thing and you know a lot of it's being tight i mean i i can multi-track my voice to the point tightness to the point that you almost can't tell it's more than maybe two i could like do four or five doubles and and bang it's like fat i don't do that a lot i do it in harmonies maybe but i but i i can also you know just do um I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <it's> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what I'm trying. No, uh, about... who is that guy? Perry. I'm doing a Perry. <laughs> what was number three? <laughs> yes. uh, wait a minute. I know. I know what it is. Uh, no, I don't got it. It's gone. Do <laughs> you think that guy was smoking a doobie before? He came I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's what I. That's the first thing I wondered. Man, that's that's a very stone thing to uh, right. be doing. <laughs> What's going on there? Speaking of stoneness, uh, I, I don't know if your fans know about my. In the Land of Eau de Poe, which is my most recent solo album, mm-hmm. I have a song on there called Eau de Poe, um, and um, it was the recipient of the best rock track for 2009 by the Global Marijuana Music Awards. Really? Society. I didn't know yeah. there was... <laughs> yeah, neither did I, but I found out, and I have a trophy, and I got a lot of streaming play on uh, wow. normal, uh, you know, the normal uh, na- National Organization for Legalization of our friend herbal weed mm-hmm. you know and all yeah. that but, yeah. oh. so anyway I'm very proud of that that was like hey man I'm old and look what I just won <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Disney World <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, wait a minute is this, is this an X-rated show can I say that you can say anything you want <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay well I just did so. <laughs> it's about as racy as I get yeah. now if you had to pick one song out of all of your catalog that you've written, oh not necessarily monetary as being right. your favorite, but I mean, as far as a song that that personally touched you more so than you know your wallet. <laughs> mm. Yeah, wallet not something, un, uh, unfortunately or not, that I think about. You know, I, I approach my music as my art and, and love for it. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, like the Christmas song is not going to make me a lot of money, but I think it's great, and oh, I yeah. want people to hear it and, and enjoy it. Um, boy, that's a tough. That's a really. I mean, I know they're all that, your that's babies. Really, so. a tough question. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I was just trying to departmentalize it and go. Okay, my favorite stories. <laughs> so well, that's true. Around. You got, you can break it into sections here because <laughs> your career's been. You know, you've been around a while. <laughs> I, you know, I, stories. It, it's crazy because I mean, one even then I can't. I mean, Darlin is a great song. Yeah. It, that's just it's just a, a gem and, and once again it's it's got that kind of almost a yesy thing to it but it's like you know three minutes and ten seconds so, yeah. so it's just like bang. and and I mentioned earlier you told me uh, that song from the first album that that one and both of these songs I do live so I mean maybe that's a good sign maybe that's a sign that they're more of my favorite because I, I do do them play them live mm-hmm. yeah. um, uh, uh, another one which would be say from the third album uh, Bridges uh, that's what I open with, yeah, and and that's uh, you know that's very uh, was it prophetic, mm-hmm. not pathetic, <laughs> prophetic. You know? Send the children to the forest in the deepest cave is the safest place to be. I mean, kind of sounds like Bin Laden or something. Right. You know? <laughs> and uh, that was 1979. Yeah, well, 1974, I guess. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, you know, solo wise. Uh, Boy, I the Christmas song. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, well, I, I, I can't tell you. I've I don't like that I've done. Love Stealer. Mm-hmm. I like that song. All right, well, I didn't write it, but yes, it's a great song, yeah, it's and song. it's on an album called Goosebumps, Goosebumps which yes. is a really special, special record. I mean, the, the people that performed with me on that record are just—I mean, there's a list, a long list of, of great artists on that record. And it's not available on CD. It was put out as a CD in Germany. I ha- I'm like uh, Hasselhoff. I have a lot of <laughs> I mean, people like me in Germany. I should uh, 
I think I should move. <laughs> no, I'm not moved. <laughs> You're going to drag me out of New York City. I'll tell you. Uh, but um, it, it, a great album, and it, uh, I see it from time to time on eBay, you know, like for some, anywhere between 80 and $120. Wow. Which is like, oh, <laughs> oh. None of which I would ever see. That's CD, not, not on vinyl? Yeah, the CD. Just the CD. A German wow. import. And that you, you can't buy it anymore. It's you know, out, of, out of stock. Well, yeah, that, yeah. But. But actually, uh, I'm thinking of uh, of putting it out illegally and uh, adding tracks that were done for it but never got on. Like uh, there's a song called Meet Me in the Moonlight that Michael Brown and I wrote, a la Stories. And that was one, from one of the sessions for Goosebumps that, that we didn't uh, put on. And um, And also there's like extra, you know, different takes of stuff with yeah. different mixes and just kind of interesting things. And so, you know, I think at some point I might just do like a limited bootleg run. Yeah, those, I, I enjoy those type of albums because you get to hear, for one thing, songs that, you know, never were released, but you also, you're like a fly on the wall during the... Yeah, especially if it's the artist doing it. Because right, then he's, yeah. You know, really giving you something more. Yeah. You know. Well, Ian, I know, I know we've been on for a while, but I want to finish up with just a couple more questions here. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to take us away from uh, your music, actually. TV. What is your favorite TV shows of all time? What do you enjoy watching? Oh, there's a giant rat just ran across the street. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> oh, man. You know, once again, these are tough questions because there's so many great things. I yeah. mean, I'd say... Well, one of the shows that knocked me out, and then somebody gave me the discs, complete seasons, five seasons or four seasons, or maybe it was three seasons, was a show called Millennium. Yes. Uh, I don't, that, was with, uh, that was an offshoot of one episode in X-Files, which is also one of my favorites. But, but Millennium, episode by episode, I found myself, in, when it was first being showed for the, for the first time, um, on the edge of my seat. There's an hour show, and by, like, within 15, 20 minutes, I spend the rest of the time, like, on the edge of my seat going, wow, mm -hmm. wow. Every episode, which was totally different, all, everything, you know, every independent of, of any other episode. So that's one of my favorites. But, boy, you know, and you go back to the, the classics. I mean, I love Johnny Carson. Yeah. I love all the... the Bits and, and all the things that he did were so great. Um, Louie, of course. What's that? Louie, of course. Oh, Louie. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. That... Louis C.K. is is. Uh, I hope his time has come. I hope that that this has pushed him into the level of some of the other guys that are great, because Louie's really great. I mean, yeah. he's. he's um, uh, I, I was invited to the. Uh, party for the second season at, at um, Caroline's in, in New York City, and um, he uh, didn't even do a stand-up. He just kind of got up and addressed the audience, and I was in tears. It was just so funny. It was just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was just in in his verite reality, you know. Yeah. It's just like God, this is—he's so right and it's so real, but it's so funny. You know? huh. So I mean I don't know. What, what about what about movies? What's your favorite mm -hmm. movies of all time? Well, I'm a big uh, sci-fi fan. You are, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and a comic book fan. I mean, I've got. I mean, like 20 years ago, I had 60,000 comics. I don't know what wow. I'm doing now. Hey, I'm out there. <laughs> Storage areas. And <laughs> my, my wife is ready to kill me. Yeah. Like all the closets are filled with boxes. <laughs> when are you going to get rid of this junk? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, when I die. Maybe. <laughs> you know? But uh, I don't know. Favorite movies. I mean, definitely I, I loved um, um, Close Encounters, The Third Kind. Mm-hmm. I have to pop into to my mind, even though when I showed my son it, the sh it he kind of went, eh, Dad, it's kind of slow moving, you know. And I went, well, yeah, but <laughs> it wasn't back then. <laughs> right. <laughs> back then it was like, wow, <laughs> I'm having an epiphany, you know. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. That was, that was one of them. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I like a lot. You know, I'm yeah. like one of these guys where you take me to a play, and even though I don't like to go to plays, I'll come out like really liking what I saw. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm easy to please. I mean, 
I, I, it's it's, it's kind of like almost like with some of the sci-fi stuff that I leave not pleased because it's not at all what I thought it would be. Yep. Yeah. Which I find so when when I see a movie where that actually it actually is what I thought it would be and maybe more, which is always better. If it's more. Uh, that's a, a special thing, you know. You know, Captain America. I just I just saw that over the summer, and you know, I'm being a big Marvel and DC fan. I was like, oh, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not a big, you know, World War Two thing, and you know, I, mm-hmm. I like the superheroes in a contemporary setting. And boy, that, that that movie was just so well done, and it left me at the end with, yes, I can't <laughs> wait for the Avengers, which is exactly what the people watched. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a puppet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what I they want. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, walk this way. Yeah. Well, Ian, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. And, yeah, uh, well, we we definitely, uh, I definitely went out there. Yeah, we covered everything. <laughs> but you know, we will put a, a link so people can go and get your new Christmas song. Everybody's happy because it's Christmas time. They should great. Go. And uh, and uh, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. And you know, MachineDreamRecords dot com. I definitely want people to hear my Odipo and and Social Hero as well because it's. Uh, oh, I, I have to say one more thing. Sure. Next year. John Ford of the Straws and Ian Lloyd Stories is going to put out a project called Ford Lloyd. And the first track, which may come out before next year, although it's we have to discuss it, it's recorded already, is an acoustic version of If I Needed Someone with power acoustic guitars, Mellotron, and vocals that sound like Yes and the Beatles. Wow, that sounds interesting. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's not unlike the Christmas song, although it's a Beatles song. I'm, you know, it's if I needed someone by George Harris, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's uh, it, it's. I, I was just listening to it multiple times last night, taking notes and thinking about you know how we're going to promote and what we need to do to get the ball rolling. And I think this that, that it's uh, ready to go, and we may just put put it out. You know, great. But but there's going to be a project, and it's going to be interesting. We're going to do a Straub song and a story song and a social hero song. And, and John's son, John Jr., John Ford Jr., is also a prolific uh, writer. And we're going to do one of his songs. And then a cover, I'm thinking of doing maybe a song by The Move with John Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, was the uh, were the was the birth of or precursor to Electric Light Orchestra. Yep. So yep. that's going to be a very interesting project, very commercial a lot of music and pop songs in that uh, genre so i just i just wanted to mention that because i i did not uh, say that before yeah no I'm no i'm excited I mean, about that yeah, i'm glad you told us because that's yeah uh, that's interesting. Ford, Lloyd. Ford Lloyd. all right yeah. well maybe we'll have you on again to talk about that when when you yeah well a social hero too we're going to have that second yes. album it should be uh finished by uh, early uh spring out for release although we are going to stagger release that one too we're going to put out a couple of tracks at a time uh through the web mm-hmm. and then you know then at the end put it out with tv you know with, with video and other tracks and remixes and stuff so that that's that's a fun project that so, you know just a lot of things going on and i need to keep busy yeah, yeah. <laughs> get as much done as I possibly can yeah. before the end. Oh, <laughs> oh, this is the end. Okay, All right. and in the end. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again. It's been my pleasure, and uh, all you listeners out there, rock on! And remember, it's Christmas time. Ian Lloyd, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. When I first met Ian, uh, he, I, I, he says, you must remember me from Brother Louie. And I said, actually, I remember you more from, from I'm Coming Home. And uh, I think it sort of surprised him because, you know, of course, everybody remembers him for Brother Louie. But uh, uh, I, I knew him from that. But, of course, I, I enjoyed I'm Coming Home a lot. I really love that song. So it was kind of fun getting ready for the interview, listening to some of the old story songs and uh, also some of his newer stuff uh, that Ian has come out with. I uh, hadn't had a chance to listen to those things. And uh, it, it was really good stuff. So if you get a chance, check it out. And if you definitely get a chance, we have a link and you can check out his song, his Christmas song. Everybody's happy because it's Christmas time. So just click right there at our uh, website and you can uh, go and hear the song, check it out, uh, buy it. Uh, it's only, what, 99 cents or something like that. But uh, it's a good song to add to your collection for.
for uh, the holiday seasons. Everybody's happy because it's Christmas time from Ian Lloyd. It's a good song. And let's see here. Let's see. It's uh, just about time to uh, finish up this show. But I want to remind you that if you are on Facebook, go ahead and check us out at uh, Facebook. We are we have a link right at onscreenandbeyond.com down at the bottom. You can click on it and you can get right to our Facebook page. We'd appreciate you uh, liking us. And if you have a chance and you are on iTunes, uh, please go over there and leave a little review. Just, you know, say if you like the show, enjoy it, you know, give us a five-star review or something. Just so people, it'll give us more uh, exposure on iTunes so more people will know about us. And uh, we'd appreciate that. It'll help everybody get to know it. And if you've got a friend, tell them about On Screen and Beyond. You know, if they're on a long ride or they like to work out in the gym, they like to, you know, listen to uh, people talk about uh, their their lives and their their movies and their TV shows and their music and all that. It's a lot of a lot of fun to listen to. That is it. That's a wrap for this week of On Screen and Beyond. And uh, until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond. I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.